Welcome to Crazy Stupid Love with me, Barnaby Slater. In Crazy Stupid Love, my guests come armed with something they like to discuss to do with their relationships, love, or sex lives, and then, quite simply, we talk about it. Before we get started, just a reminder that if you haven't already, please do subscribe or follow the podcast and leave us a rating and comment in Apple Podcasts. It would be a huge help. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show or you'd like something discussed on Crazy Stupid Love, please email crazystupidlovepod at gmail.com and do give us a follow on Instagram at crazystupidlovepod. But my guest today is Sarah. Hello, Sarah. Hello, how's it going? Really good. Uh, as ever, I tell my audience where we are. So I've come to your place, which is in Ickenham. Yeah. <laughs> which is, are we in London? Yes, it's Zone 6. I'm very passionate about that. Zone 6. Yep. That's good. And uh, <laughs> Just about. it's on the end of the Metropolitan Line and it enabled me, I came, it took me about an hour to get here, but it enabled me to do some work on, nice. the, on the tube. So I feel like you've given me, a, you know, an amazing opportunity not only to interview you, but also to do some work that I may have scrounged away from doing otherwise. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for having <laughs> me. Uh, thank you for agreeing to do the show. So let's get straight into it. What would you like to talk about in the realm of crazy, stupid love? Oh, well, yeah, my story is quite crazy. So um, I sort of um, was like young, like 17, 18, and then I got involved with a geezer who turned out to be like a complete psychopath. Okay. <laughs> and um, it lasted like seven years. And then when I got out of it, I did like loads of research on psychopaths. I was like reading loads of books and looking up different articles and stuff. And it was just so interesting to look back and be like, wow, like, I got played in the maddest way, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so yeah, can we go, a... so I get very excited about these stories and, and interrupt a little, so sorry about that. Yeah, but no. can we like go back to, this? if this is the story, we're talking about this, This let's call him Mr. Psychopath. Yeah. Um, how did you meet this person and, and how did it start? Um, I met him through like creative means mm-hmm. and um, yeah, just sort of started like, he sort of like... Because um, you're a creative. Yes, yeah, yeah. So it, it was like, it was almost like... Um, grooming looking back you know what I mean because it was like he would um like drive me to places he'd give me money he would um like it was like there's a thing called love bombing which I learned about so it's like he would completely bombard me of all this stuff and at the time I was um super young I was on drugs and like I came from quite a um can I swear on here? Uh, please do. Yeah, quite like a fucked upbringing and stuff. So I was quite broken and there was like some daddy issues there. And like, I think he could see that I was an easy target. I was very like um, impressionable. I could easily be molded. And, you know, if someone's showing you attention, giving you compliments and saying things that no other man has ever said and, and appearing to care, then um, yeah, it was, I, was, I was sucked in like super, super quickly. And then, yeah, it just started to get quite like suffocating quite quickly. Right. Yeah. And so... For the audience, so love bombing is a thing that is um, kind of talked about now in as a part of gaslighting. Basically, it yeah. tends to be the starting the starting point of controlling gaslighting, emotionally abusive relationships. Yeah, mm. so endless messages, compliments, texting, whatever. But but did it quickly also fall into what I've heard tends to happen with that quite a lot, where if you're not giving in their book the correct or quick enough responses that it turns into anger or is that stuff that um didn't really happen yeah i mean it was like that but it was like very subtle it wasn't like the normal like shouting and stuff it would be like passive aggressiveness or all oh, shit um or um like um making me feel bad for something you know the, the manipulation turning things back around on me to the point where it's like then i would agree or if like we'd have an argument then i would end up even if he was in the right. room, I would end up saying sorry. And is it worth... You, so you talked about being very young. Is it worth us asking what the age gap was? <laughs> he was 
37 at the time so it was like an 18 year right age gap so yeah it's quite a lot so the immediately the status was you know it was like i looked up to him like he was the older guy you know what i mean so yeah um he was in a position of power yeah basically yeah. and um was in your eyes was this a friendship at first that he was trying to build or persuade you into becoming a relationship or were you interested on a on an intimate level at the start yeah i think uh, he definitely pursued me um i think like um, can you can you tell us a bit about how that pers- pursuit went like when i was at gigs he would be there and then he'd be like talking to me or that like, afterwards or he'd turn up to a gig or he'd message me be like hey i've got you a gig come with me mm-hmm. um stuff like that or like just different excuses to meet like he'd film me at a gig and then be like oh i need to meet you to give you the footage right blah 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 um so yeah it was just it was weird it was i think and then obviously because the friendship came and he was giving me attention i think then for me i was like oh i quite like fancy this guy you know what i mean it was like but originally um yeah there was no sexual attraction for me right i mean that grew but i looking back that was definitely his um intention right yeah okay and so it's quite manipulative isn't it but and and especially for someone who's so young Mm. presumably you weren't aware of it being manipulation at the time not at all no not at all I was just like I was just gassed I was like oh my god this guy this older guy he's like into me this is quite fun you know what I mean like it was um yeah man and it wasn't even like you know like some 17 18 year old girls they're like super attractive really voluptuous you know what I mean they look amazing like I looked young (laughs) like I still look young now but I was (laughs) but I was wearing like tracksuits and stuff and like I just I, I, you know I was overweight and like I had no money I was living with my mum like there was like not I'm putting myself down but there was no attractive qualities about me mm. so it was very odd I think to an outsider it was very odd what was happening but I mean yeah I couldn't see it I was just like I thought it was like a compliment I'm right. like I thought older when older guys are interested in me I was like yeah that means that's a good thing but actually the older you get you're like oh that's actually quite gross yeah um, and, and also um it feels like now as a time, as in 2021, is far more of a time where um, there's more stigma attached mm. to older men pursuing teenagers, specifically in this, I don't mean like paedophilia, I mean specifically like 18, <laughs> you know, 17, 18 year yeah. old, 19 year old. Yeah. Because whereas maybe, where, I mean, how long ago was this? 10 years ago or something? Um, yeah, sort of like kicked off like, yeah, 20, 2010, 20, no, like 2011. Right. Yeah, I mean, I... Do you know what? It's so difficult, isn't it? Because there are so many big kind of, I'm thinking in the world of like celebrities and famous people, so many of those big relationships that started when the girl was Mm. 16 and the man was 30. And yet because they've been together 30 or 40 years now, uh, I'm not going to give exact examples, but they're, you know, very famous examples. Everyone kind of is like, oh, you know, that's acceptable mm. now because they've proven it with their love or whatever. And that's also weirdly Woody Allen's defense in his, yeah, yeah. in his, you know, take on him marrying his stepdaughter. But yeah, um, the key to this point obviously is that now in hindsight, you've been able to look back mm. and see that it was manipulative. Um, so you said that this lasted for seven years all mm. in all. Yeah. So what were the kind of, I guess it's worth asking, what were the kind of different phases of the relationship? Did you get, did you become like boyfriend and girlfriend or what, what kind of went on? Yeah, we did at one stage. It like the first like two, three years was like really, really intense. And the feeling was sort of mutual from me. It was like, because I was so wrapped up in it, 
and I thought this is what love was. I was like, oh yeah, this is fine, this is great, boom, boom, boom. And then, and then things happened where it was like we were arguing so much, we'd split up, and then get back together, and then split up, and then that happened like quite a lot. And then it was just very on and off then for the rest of the time. But um, and would you say those arguments and that difficulty was because of his? controlling nature i think so yeah yeah like we both just came very jealous and there was like there was no trust there and um yeah very controlling i wasn't allowed any male friends uh you know if i messaged anyone it was always a big row like you want to fuck this person you want to and i'm like i'm literally no i don't you know what i mean and then um i would have to delete people off facebook and delete numbers and stuff like i lost loads of friends and um like every time i'd go out or if i was touring another country it was just like constant text constant accusations right and um yeah, letdowns and stuff. It was just, yeah, it was mad. And what was, is there anything in, um, you know, assuming that he told you about his relationship past and past growing up, was there anything in that information that you can now see would kind of lead him to become that person, that kind of level of controlling and jealous? Well, this is the thing, like, that was, you know, they, we talk about red flags now. It's it's so, like, and when I'm dating other guys or I'm chatting to people, like, I'll always... I'm not, you know, backwards and coming forward. I'm like, tell me about your previous relationship history. What happened there? Or what are your flaws? What, what traumas are you working on? What's your relationship with your mum like? You know, things like that. Because I think they're um, important conversations to have, especially early on, you know. And um, the thing, the red flags about him looking back now is he was very vague about everything. Past relationships, family, growing up. It was all just, oh, I can't remember. I can't mm. remember, um, you know. And I'm like, look, my mum's like in her 60s. And she'll reminisce with her mates about school and college and her growing up and whatever. Like he'd always say, oh, you know, when you get to my age, you, you don't remember things like that. Or like, mm. you know, I, I don't remember my childhood. I'm like, okay. You know what I mean? So it's just like weird stuff. So he always used to, he was always um, trying to keep me yeah, away. Yeah, at arm's length. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and do you think because you were young at the time, that was something that you weren't strong enough to push back against? Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or he would just, he had a, he was very, um, um, well, he likes to think he's intelligent, but he was good in terms of um, uh, the language he would use and the manipulation techniques in, in, the, in the conversation. So he would, he would mould it away. Even if I did persist a couple of times, I'd be like, I'd ask him the same question a couple of times. He would always be able to either flip it back on me or mould or turn the conversation to something else. And then we'd be talking about something else and I'd forget or, you know what I mean? Things, he was really able to just brush things away so confidently and yeah. um, so smoothly that I never really questioned it. You know what I mean? So yeah. yeah. And so looking back on it, so my kind of theory uh, based on experience and stuff from my childhood as well as my own experiences is that when you get, when you have um someone who is particularly controlling and jealous and particularly in the ways that you're talking about you know consistent texting checking where you are accusing accusatory mm. stuff that comes from a place of that person potentially being guilty of those things themselves definitely, definitely. do you see that as as 100% yeah it's all projection it was all projection that you know consistent accuse me of lying yeah cheating um he was like I hate liars and I'm like he was lying the entire time, right. you know what I mean? So it's just it, like, yeah, it's funny. And his, so do you think he was lying and potentially cheating the whole time as um, well? Yeah, he probably did cheat on me, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I don't know for sure, but I'm, I wouldn't have put it past him, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, but it wasn't something that you, considering how much he was like checking on you, it wasn't something that you would then 
check on him like check his phone or ask him all the time as um well. no i wouldn't check his phone but then he would do things in front of me which you know would cause arguments and stuff like he would like openly like flirt with other women in front of me um and stuff like that so obviously that's where my trust issues were coming from um because i could see the behavior i'm like well if you're doing this in front of me then what are you doing mm. behind my back and when he did that would you call him out on it and yeah how would he react yeah he'd be like oh i'm just being nice but if I was just being nice, you know, I've got a lot of male friends and I'm, you know, especially if I drink, I'm very like, well, you know what I mean? But mm. I'm not flirty. I'm like, I'm always like, mate, you like, mate, I'm very like laddish. You know what I mean? I don't think there's any guys that would mistake what I'm doing as like flirty or seductive. Like, so like, you know, if a geezer would put his arm around me in like a playful way, it's like, I wouldn't, we'd have such a huge row. Right. I mean, he turned up at a gig one time in a um, tiny little room and we're watching the acts and um, all the comedians at the back are standing up. It's tiny, it's packed, right? So I'm standing next to this guy. Our arms are just like pressing, like I'm crossed arm, he's crossed his arms and our arms are just touching that. Like, mm. And he comes at the back and I turn around and um, I didn't know he was coming so I like waved and that. And he just shook his head and stormed out. So I was like, what? Anyway, I got up there. He's like, I've come to this gig and you're here cuddling up to other men. And I was like, oh my God. And it was so embarrassing. And I think that was when the mask started to kind of drop because when I went back downstairs, other comment, uh, other comedians were like commenting on that. Mm. What was all that about? What's going on there? And I, it was so embarrassing for me because I was like, oh, I don't know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. And did you two? Was your relationship like, um, like everyone knew about it, or was there a was there a secret element to it at various um, points? I think most people knew about it, but like um, we tried to keep it on the D-lo. Like I'm quite a private person anyway. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we weren't like um, shoving it in people's faces. I don't think. Okay. And that's so that as that's in terms of talking about like in your profession, assuming that you guys were in the same kind of industry, but also with like each other's families and stuff. Were you kind of you met each other's families and were proper boyfriend governor and that kind of? Yeah, yeah, he met my family. That's another thing as well. Like he knew like pretty much all my friends. Like I would invite him to events or whatever, and like he knew my family and that. But like I didn't. I I met maybe like one or two of his friends, um, but like his family never met. Never like he never talked about them you know what I mean mm. he he would always he always used to make out that he wasn't like very that close with his family yeah. so it was just not something that we just didn't discuss and because like he said they live far away it was like well, we're not going to go and visit them you know what I mean Christmases we always have separate anyway you know what I mean yeah. things like that so and presumably if that's something if that was something that happened in a relationship you had now that would be another kind of red flag 100% thing. yeah like your friends can tell you like you know what I mean someone's friends they are a reflection of you and like then you get to hear stories oh yeah well, on this holiday we did this it's like you get to hear you get to learn so much more about your partner through their mates and through their family yeah. you know character and references and how you see them around exactly them. you know sometimes it's really attractive like if they're you know you know they love their mum and things like that so yeah um yeah, all the all the flags. I missed all the flags, man. Yeah, but it's interesting. I mean, t- to be honest, though, it's like I don't think red flags are a, just a you know just a thing that you miss when you're uh, young. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. we've all been in certain relationships, and I've been you know on both sides of relationships where that person should have seen red flags. I threw up, and I yeah, should have seen yeah. red flags. They've thrown up. It's it's just so difficult when you're in the kind of eye of the, I'm going to say the eye of the storm, but also when you're in like you know you have that early period of infatuation and honeymoon yeah. period and whatever and then it, and then you're you're in it aren't you and it's like whatever at that point you know love is blind love and is I, blind yeah and i think it's a very human emotion that we always we always hope things will get better you know what i mean you're always in that hope of like oh he's going to turn into the person that i want him to be and it's like reading all these different books they would say never get never get with someone 
in hope in the potential that they're going to be something else it's like get with them as they are now you know mm. what i mean like you can support them and want better for them and want them to grow and evolve and whatever but it's like they are who they are in it so yeah um you can't you can't change people unfortunately so so you, you talked about the kind of first time you spotted the kind of mask slipping mm. what was kind of then the next phase of that you know into i guess I think you talked about the first few years, maybe then kind of the middle years of it. Like, mm. how, how did the relationship evolve kind of to those points when, you know, and then eventually to the point where it, where you managed to end it? Mm. I mean, I'm assu- for some reason, I'm assuming you managed to get out of it. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. I Yeah. Um, I don't know, really. It just became like, it just became, yeah, really intense, not enjoyable, um, arguing all the time. And w- I... The thing that I liked at the beginning was like that, well, that I thought I was like that he really cared about me. And then when that started to deteriorate, it was like, I'm not actually getting anything out of this, like emotionally, spiritually, like we're just not. And, you know, obviously, and I was growing up. So, you know, between, you know, 18 to 30, Mm. like I'm evolving as a woman. I was growing up in comedy. I was growing up outside of comedy and stuff. So I was learning different things and expecting more. And I just like just he just became so unattractive to me as the years went on so and could he do you think he could sense that you were kind of growing apart from him and therefore he was grabbing on tighter and trying to control it even more yeah I think so yeah yeah I could definitely um yeah feel feel the pull from him for sure um and to what lengths did he end up going to try and stop you from almost growing up and therefore pulling apart that relationship I think it was like I became very codependent and I hold my hands up. That was my fuck up. You know what I mean? I, I take full responsibility for that because, you know, codependency is, is a two-way street. You know what I mean? You do allow it to happen. So I think I became quite codependent on him in terms of like money and always knowing that he'd be there to like bail me out or something. And then like with work, we started doing a bit of work together but and stuff. Said, and it was just... Sorry to interrupt, but you'd said actually from the start that he'd been giving you money at the start yeah, as well. Yeah. So do you think in hindsight that was part of the manipulation oh, almost definitely. like part of the tactic yeah. to have you need him 100% 100% like cuz you know if you're dating someone you know you might you know take him on dates the man might pay you know i love all that stuff yeah, i like that's you romance. know that, yeah romance and the old school man pays like i love that but it was different than that like he he would it like the giving of money is odd it's strange mm. like i was seeing a guy recently and he's got quite a bit of money and he was like, we were looking at trainers online. I was like, oh yeah, they're sick. He was like, oh, let me get them for you. And I, I was like, no, because you're not buying me trainers. It's not like my birthday or something. You know what I mean? I just feel like that's, what will, what will that turn into then? What will that become? And when will that be shoved back in my face? Because that was another thing as well. When we were arguing towards the end, he would use that as a tool against me. Oh, I've spent so much money. Look how amazing I am. I've helped, you know, I paid your phone bill. I've done this. And then so that I was in a constant state of like gratitude, yeah. um, which is... It's not, ammunition, not, isn't it? Yeah, it's it, not I mean, nice. it's not love to do something exactly. and then hold it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, and then like we broke up and he's like demanding money back off me and stuff like that. When he knew I couldn't afford it, you know, I was broke and stuff like that. So, um, and then that becomes and then that becomes just a way to keep you in his life. Yeah, is to you know have a reason to contact you, mm. which isn't you know which he's using because the, really the reason to contact you is because he wants you not to get away from him. Yeah, yeah. But actually, it's saying, oh, you owe me this, you owe me. And that. actually, in a fucked up way, <clears throat> I stayed in it for longer because I was like, I know if I leave him, he's going to demand loads of stuff which I can't afford at the moment. So it was a way. I was just like, okay, well, if I just stay in this situation it'll be chill you know what I mean it's mm. like fine you know but um yeah that wasn't the right thing to do I should have called it off like years before how, so how were you feeling at the time in it like in terms of your own state of mind was it like a like 
especially in that period where I guess what you've just talked about is kind of feeling like I shouldn't be in this relationship but I can't get out like mm. on a day-to-day basis how did you like how did it affect your life um I was incredibly depressed it was probably the worst seven years of my life I I think I turned insane I wasn't well at all um my family could see it. My friends could see it. I was, I was, I cried pretty much every day for a good solid five, six years. Like privately um, or, in, or, or to Yeah, people. privately, privately mm. or like with arguments and stuff. I wasn't handling situations well. Like my mum could see me deteriorating and that every time I'd have an argument, it would just throw me like I wasn't being creative at all. Like, um, which shows I was obviously suppressing something because when I come out of the relationship, I was like making music, doing poetry, painting. I was just like everyone around me. I, this is, what's uh, mad to me is because you know I knew the situation I was like yeah cool but coming out of it seeing how everyone else was just like you were like a completely different person it's like I'm me again Mm. and I didn't know that I'd lost so much of myself and um, at the time again I was just like oh yeah no this is final this is what relationships is but it made me question so much you know my confidence my self-esteem every time I'd get a compliment like when I was you know growing up losing a bit of weight you know kind of growing into my skin I was then had arguments about it. I couldn't enjoy men so there was liking no, you couldn't me. Take any of the positivity out of, out of oh that stuff, no. Right? And like in my in my entire twenties, obviously where you're supposed to be out with your mates and like you know getting with guys, and it, I just couldn't do any of that. So I feel like it's <clears throat> held me back in a lot of ways. Um, Were any of your friends and family able to talk to you about what they? like whilst you were in it were they able to talk to you about stuff that they then said afterwards yeah 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 and and was it stuff that you weren't able to listen to or I think so yeah because when you're young and someone says oh you shouldn't be with this person because Mm. people started saying you need to split up with him and it's all like no I love him from quite early on or um when when the argument so maybe like three four years Mm -hmm. in and um like it was um I you just don't you don't listen you don't listen to them and I think um especially like when you're so young you're so headstrong like you just and especially for me like because I'm like people think I'm like confident and I know what I'm doing it was just like they didn't know how serious it was so yeah coming out of it in the conversations or the things they noticed like what I've heard unanimously from like literally everyone in my life everyone that knows me everyone that knows him is I know there's something odd about that guy like they all immediately like my mum so my mum was supportive at the beginning and then when she started seeing it affect me she you know was very concerned but um she said which at the beginning she obviously didn't tell me because she, she thought it hurt my feelings but she said the day she met him she was like he's a wrong one. right and <clears throat> i appreciate that but also i'm like well i wish people that were in my life that did love and care about me did say that a bit more mm. you know whether i ignored the information or not there's the power in planting a seed you know if because if, people were like oh yeah cool if you know what you're doing great you know if you're happy and because i was making out i was happy it was like mm. i wish people did show their concerns a bit more but like I said, I have to take responsibility. I can't, you know, like you can't live your life expecting other people to help you all the time. You know, no, it's difficult. And, though. Um, it's it's difficult though, isn't it? Because uh, I feel like you and I are probably quite similar when it comes to stuff like that. Which is, if someone tells me something like that, my instinct is to go the other way. Exactly. Yeah. A little bit, right? Yeah. And And they and they love you and care about you, so they know that about you as well. Mm. So. I think the most interesting thing you said to me, or fascinating thing, is you know, there's power in planting the seed because I. I agree with you totally, but also I've had this situation, I've spoken about this in another episode as well, where I know stuff about a particular friend of mine and his partner mm. that that I want to tell him, but I think I would end up being the friend pushed away. Do you see what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And 
that kind of power in planting the seed thing is interesting um, and makes me think about that. But it, but it is difficult. It's those things, isn't it? It's like hitting rock bottom. The only person who can pull yourself out of a situation like that is 100%, 100%, you. Hundred percent. But it must yeah. have been so. It must have been so difficult for your friends and family to kind of mm. see you mm. because they will have known as well that you were, even though you were putting up a front. They will have known, mm. yeah, like like they said afterwards that you know that that you were depressed and that it was difficult. Yeah, for you. like and they'd seen me in states, the states that he'd get me in, and like a couple of my friends actually did try contacting him, being like, leave her alone. But it was like, it's hard when, like I was saying as well, like you know, dumb, stupid kid. I'm like, I can change him, or I, you mm. don't know, like it, it will, it will be all right, and you know, you're purposely ignoring all these red flags because it's like you're like, oh well, you don't know. Um, but now it's like it's made me question what love is like what is it so it really um, really fucked me up actually so for the last two years I've been in therapy and stuff and um, it's made intimacy super hard um, yeah it was just like fucked um, but saying that I don't regret it because it's given me so much wisdom and so much um, knowledge of relationships of psychopaths of men like that mm. of people that take advantage and so when I see it happening to other people you know I'm 100% I'm like I don't care if you push me away I'm telling you this right now because I've had friends that have had like shitty boyfriends and I'm I'm like I don't give a fuck mate they're wrong and you need to get rid mm. and because and then you know if they start debating me about it, I'm like look I've been there I'm telling you now you don't see it because you're in it mm. but from an out I'm, not, I'm only saying this because I care about you you know what I mean no so. no completely like I've got a friend who um recently started seeing someone and the the red flags was like there straight away mm. like even in like the first month or two like which is like ultimate honeymoon period yeah yeah and because you know she's moved to a new country and maybe she doesn't have loads of friends there or whatever i can see her hanging on to this thing mm. and justifying all of these mad kind of yeah. things like oh just just like crazy like one was like um in the first month, like they went out for drinks together with a couple of friends and then she walked, I don't know, like 10 yards behind him and someone else with his best friend. And then the best friend gave her a piggyback at one point as a laugh because they were drunk. Mm. And then next thing he's kind of accusing her of fucking her best friend, yeah, his yeah. best friend and <laughs> yeah. stuff. And it's just like, no, I'm trying to get on with your yeah, best friend yeah. because I want, you know, I fancy you and I want you in my life, mm. et cetera, et cetera. I want them to like me. But if that's happening so early on, it's like, mm. I mean, if it's ever happening, but but do you know what I mean? If it's happening so early on, at least when it's that early, you should be able, you know, the claws shouldn't fully be in yeah. and you should be able to see it. But, but, he, he used to be like that as well. Like if we'd go for a drink with one of his friends and we'd we'd have a little joke or whatever, like he'd, yeah, he'd get so pissed off at that. <laughs> see, I think the thing about that stuff is, I think that has to come from a place where, you know, and I, I can only talk as a man because I'm a man, but, it, you know, it has to come from a place where he doesn't, he wouldn't trust himself around that person, yeah. that friend's girlfriend or Possibly, whatever. Possibly, yeah, yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Because otherwise it's like, it's not realistic. Mm. It's not realistic because would I, would I get with someone who I think is capable of fucking my best friend? Yeah. like And, and like doing it so blatantly as well. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, but, yeah. Yeah, okay, so really, yeah, it sounds really difficult. So, I mean, I think because you've done all of the, you've like you said, you've had a lot of therapy and you've clearly read a lot of the important books and stuff, is there anything that you would say to someone in a similar position? Like, what advice would you give someone in a similar position to, to, to what you were right at the beginning mm. in terms of being able to see out of that kind of eye of the storm that, that they're in? Mm. So advice for them before they're getting into it or... Or maybe if they, they're in it and maybe they've started to wonder whether, you know, they've started to have that... I, I think that feeling that you've described is quite a common one, actually, that feeling of like... Um, 
I can change, maybe I can mold this person mm-hmm. away from these bits that I don't like, mm. you know, the the jealousy and the arguments and the, yeah, the, the, the gaslighting. Mm. I guess I would just, I would say, because I, I, I heard this quote one time, it was like, if someone shows you what they're like, believe them. So it's like... Like positive or negative. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? That's them. So if, if they're, if they are, you know having arguments or you know like for me I would always after an argument, I would I would um acknowledge it I'm like he flipped that round back on me like but then I wouldn't ever act on that I would be like oh that's annoying all the time's passed so I would say to someone when they're in a situation and it doesn't feel right like you've got this gut feeling or like he'd say things in such a confident way and I'm like I know you're lying but I can't prove it so it's literally my word against his but I know you're lying you know what I mean and it was like that gut yeah, feeling intuition I, yeah, and I think I've definitely just 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 really trust your intuition because that really it, that doesn't lie, and um, especially since getting more into spirituality and stuff, it's about just being very aware of how do I feel around this person? How do I feel? Like sometimes I'd be really nervous, so I'd be like really scared to tell him something how he'd react. I'm like, your partner shouldn't be making you feel like that. Mm. So I never really acknowledged how I was feeling, like the anxiety and the adrenaline, because I used to be like, oh, it's butterflies. I'm just excited, but it wasn't. It was like nerves it was like I was nervous energy yeah anxiety, and, um, anxiety yeah nerves, yeah almost like that and um you know obviously being like oh, when we're we gonna argue what we're we gonna argue about today and all this sort of stuff and uh yeah I think I, I remember reading about it because you know I'm a big romantic and it's always like oh when you meet the one when you mm. meet your soulmates the butterflies mm. and blah blah but it's there's I think it's like a Buddhist proverb or some bullshit but there was like when you meet the love of your life it's you don't have any of that it's calm it's no, complete, it's, and it's equal. I it's think. serenity. It's yeah. just complete chill. And I was like, oh my God, my entire life, I was going from relationship to relationship that were like super toxic because I was, it was like, <clears throat> um, that's what I thought love was, that I need these feelings. And if I was with someone who was like really nice, but I didn't get that and I was just like, calm, I'm like, oh, you're boring. This yeah. is shit, you're boring. Yeah. And now I've, I've finally seen the light in terms of like, nah, I just want peace. <laughs> no, that's totally true. And I, I've said this before on a, maybe a couple of my other podcasts is that, um I because I grew up with my mum and my dad they kind of broke up before I was old enough to remember and then my mum and my stepdad but either way those two relationships that my mum had um were both very dramatic Mm. like my mum was a um a singer and an actor and my dad was a musician and my stepdad was a you know a comedian tv presenter Mm. and they're all very dramatic people and love the kind of limelight Mm. Uh, and then their relationships whether it's because of that or not or just their their connections their relationships were incredibly dramatic very ups ups and downs ups and Mm. downs and i think for the majority of my you know adult life of being in relationships that i've thought a relationship isn't a relationship unless it's dramatic yeah unless there are ups and downs unless there are big rows that you have to come back from and and apologize for and make grand sweeping statements or mm. or whatever and yeah it's probably only been in the last you know five to ten years that I've kind of realized exactly what you were just saying that two people being equal I think is the key and then you know yeah being very calm exactly as you as you said it and <clears throat> I think it's quite common that people think people who aren't going to treat you in a dramatic way are boring. I yeah. think what you said there is uh, people find that quite a lot. You speak mm. to a lot of people who are just like, oh, you know, but it doesn't give me that feeling. And Well, a lot of times that feeling is <laughs> the feeling of anxiety of what's going to happen next. And, and quite often that doesn't turn out to be good. Yeah. Um, how did you then, how did you actually get out of it in the end then? It's after such a long time and formative years of being in this very difficult up and down mm. situation. How did you get out of it? <laughs> well, it's bad because <clears throat> it's bad what I've done, yeah. But 
it was the only way to do it because it, it was like him. yeah 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 <laughs> I wish no I uh, I um, we just kept got, like breaking up getting back together and I was just like this is never going to end and I was I looked at myself in the mirror I was like you are literally going to be 40 and still in this situation and you, you something you just got to do something big um so i um had sex with someone else basically and i t- told him about it and um that was it it was pretty much because i thought i knew as soon as i'd admitted or said look i've had sex with someone else i love someone else or you know i'm leaving you like properly he wouldn't be able to take that his ego and i'm i'm damaged then i'm i'm not I'm not good and you know I was getting older and stuff and I could feel I'm just like like you know like the pull away I was getting a bit more argumentative I was giving it a bit more back I had more like I was learning stuff you know what I mean the older you get more you're learning and exposed to stuff so I was and I was calling him out on his bullshit a lot like he couldn't use his manipulation techniques because you know and different things like that so I could I could tell that he was um in his head thinking oh it's probably coming to an end. But I'm like, well, you're not going to end it because you're getting sex out of me. So right. why, why would you end it? And you're not going to end it because you know you can click your fingers and I'll come back. So um, I had to like actively do something which would put him off me so badly that, mm. that it was done. So yeah, I did that. No regrets. And then uh, that's, that's that doesn't. It. That's interesting that you say it like that, that would put him off me. It doesn't strike me that that, well, I'm going to ask you, but it doesn't strike me that that would necessarily put him off you. That it, it strikes me that it if I were in your shoes, that I would be scared of telling him because of the potential anger that might come your way. I don't know. How did it, how mm. did it play out? Um, he, cause that was nothing. He's not emotional at all. Never, ever, ever cried. Like very, very, very strange. You know, right. I, I think emotions are attractive. You know, you mm. know, if a geezer cries, or you talk about something like no empathy, like very, like an alien, very strange, strange guy. And, um, so, what was odd is when I told him, um, he like um, fake cried. He like fell to the ground and was like like crawling along the ground and like pretending to cry, like doing all the uh, uh, and all this and like spitting and shit. But there was actually like no tears. It was so weird. And I was just in a state of shock of like, what's happening? Mm. He it was it was such a huge display of this like. Um, dramatic emotion that I'd never seen before in my life and I was like what the fuck but then as it was happening in my head I was thinking oh my god he really did love me oh my god I've really hurt him but then because this lasted for hours that's what he wanted you to exactly, exactly and then and then, and then um, yeah it was just very odd and then we were talking about it and then we, we ended up having a bit of a physical fight as well um, both sides and um, so that was another shocking thing um, and just yeah it was very you, was you say that as if that's normal <laughs> well we'd had we'd had like one or two beforehand one but should it be um, you know what oh no, I, it wasn't what normal. I, but that... what i mean specifically is actually sorry is that you saying both sides as in you saying you know i give it as good as i take it kind of thing well but yeah because is it, I, uh, is it acceptable oh it's totally not acceptable right. no i mean it's, it's yeah it's completely unacceptable but you know because i was going mad and i was so frustrated and i used to get like this when i was a kid when you know things would go on I'd, i couldn't articulate in the right way or whatever he really knew how to p- push my buttons mm-hmm. so he was saying things to get because what he would do is we'd have an argument whether it's his, most of the time his fault, we'd have an argument, he'd press my buttons, I'd become aggressive, and then he's like, look at you, so aggressive, da 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 da, then I would be apologising. Day later, I'm like, how did I end up apologising? So another thing as well, you know, my spiritual journey is about, you know, the power of taking that breath and being like, I, I can control my reactions, you know what I mean? Because all we do in life is react, really. And 
you can't control what someone else does only what you can do so I gave him what he wanted every single time and that's where I kicked myself like you idiot man like that's exactly you played into his hands every time so that time but that's him manipulating you into 100%, that 100% yeah 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 and because I don't physically attack any of my other friends right. I don't have arguments I don't scream you haven't my... attacked me once yeah <laughs> yeah you're lucky no I've like I literally that's just not me that's never been me but he used to make make out oh you're always like this you always argue with everyone you're so mm. aggressive I'm like and I start to believe that but I'm like literally I'm not though I've asked any one of my friends like I don't that's just not me but he just seemed to be able to get this monster out of me mm. so easily it was it was that's um, another way of him knowing that he's got you yeah it's... exactly so he did that and then um obviously and then I punched him and then yeah we were just sort of like tossing around on the floor and just like did he punch you back or no he was it was more like restraining restraining me and stuff um he grabbed my neck one time that was like before and that was when i was just like right yeah this is definitely over because i'm not turning into this a bird that is in a domestic you know has domestic violence all the time i was like nah but no he's um he's pussy old so i don't think i think if we were if i was it was a proper fight but i mean he could definitely overpower me like he was strong Mm. so yeah, it was all a bit mad, really. And also in those situations, when you're, I think when you're fighting someone that you love, it's like you're hitting them, but you're not hitting them sure. to really hurt them. Sure. You know what I mean? There was still that element there. And it was like, it was super upsetting for me as well, because everything, that, my whole life, everything that I thought was real and that I built, like we're in this little bubble. I'm like, it's officially burst. Like this is done, it's over. And it was just like, yeah, it was, it, was, it really spun me out actually. But also, so I, you know, I'm glad to hear that he didn't hit you back. Like, that's, yeah, that's yeah. good. But also, to me, it's almost, and maybe just as bad, the fact that he is emotionally pushing you to a place where he knows you're going to react in mm. a way where that he's then going to try and use to keep you in the relationship even longer. 100%. And, and now we can say, feel shit. yeah, and now we can be like, oh, yeah, she hit me. She was aggressive. She did this. She did that. Like, yeah. you know, she used to scare me. Like, he'll, he'll, he'll say things like that. And I'm like, fine. You know, your your version of reality is your version of reality, but you know, mm. I trust mine and I uh, absolutely believe mine. So yeah. it's what it is. You know, I mean, there's always gonna be two sides to every story, but you know, I um, there's 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 messages, there's character references, there's people, and that's another thing as well, which I think was it happened um, was worked in my favour because everyone in my life knew him, so they could see the see it. So when I'm saying, am I, am I mad? Am I, and they'd be like, no, like we saw this, blah blah blah. Mm. But from his side no one no one can back him because no one knew what I was like and is there any other like has he had a history before or since you within the same industry of treating women in a certain way or any of that that you yeah, know yeah yeah oh, right, yeah okay. i know of a couple of people i don't know obviously how deep it was in terms and all, all the details of it but yeah he's definitely done this to so he's got that reputation least, yeah 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 there's four that i can think of but there's probably mm. more yeah God, i'm so sorry that you went through that sarah that <laughs> oh, really it's sucks. mad it's mad it's completely mad and horrible but also it does feel like uh, you know you're coming out the other side and the creativity thing I think is like massively important the fact that sure. you've it's opened up your yeah. ability to create so just just to kind of end it off so after he was scrabbling around fake crying on the floor <laughs> which I don't mean to laugh but it, it was really funny hilarious. yeah looking back now at the time it, but looking back I'm it just must like have, it must have made uh, uh, even if you couldn't see it right <laughs> at the time it must it must be a good vision for you to think god that's like that is a, a desperate person that com- I wouldn't yeah. want to be involved completely with. Completely desperate. Yeah, like, it was just the most pathetic show I've ever seen in my life. It was, um, yeah, mad, yeah. mad, mad. And then after that kind of conversation that came after that, was it then able, were you able to do, like, quite a strong cut-off, cut, cut him out of your life, or has there been a lot of him... Oh, my to- days. No, like, yeah. constant text messages, um, you know, trying to... 
silence me from talking about it, even though, you know, I don't say any details. You know, I've talked about my feelings. You know, I talk about it in my art all the time. Bet, and yeah. um, so and, it's just, and rightly so. Yeah, so it's like you can't stop someone it's not against the law. But, but yeah, he, just, he'll watch some of that or hear oh, about yeah, he was, it. And yeah, then... he was watching me all the time. Anytime I would do something, he would get in contact or message the person. He would send um, really uh, manic messages to other people which I've all got on my phone and then even right. just to last October he was harassing me to the point where I had to go to the police um so I filed um uh, a statement with the police um so now he's not allowed to contact me at all if he does then um oh wow yeah 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 because I was just like I can't you know I've done so much amazing healing since then but it's just still that last little bit I'm like you're not letting me forget this or forget you because as soon as he messages me it's like I've got like PTSD I'll completely shake all over yeah. I go all hot my heart starts beating and stuff it's like um, you know, even if I hear songs or certain things, like I'm always like, no, no, I'm cool, man. Like, you know, I'm like, I've had therapy, and you know, da, 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 I've got good people around me. But things like that always pull me back in, and I'm just like, fuck, man. There's still a, a way to go, and um, yeah, that was kind of the final thing for me to be like, look, I can't control these triggers. I'm just gonna have to let time heal and sort myself out. But if you're still contacting me, I can't have the actual fucking person still yeah popping up on my phone and stuff. So it's fascinating. Yeah. So what the other comedian that i've spoken to for this podcast so far had a similar story about someone else who worked in comedy no way and so then we had the discussion about you know the whole um you know the list do you know about the yeah yeah the, yeah. the list that's been round the female comedians of all the men who have sexually or mm. emotionally abused them or whatever mm. so we had the conversation about whether you know outing these people so you know i think because I was gonna, I was just thinking, I was going to say to you, I'm really glad that I don't know who this person is, mm. who you're talking about at this stage, right? But then I thought in myself, to myself, is me saying that the right thing? Or should I be saying to you, or at least asking the question of you, you know, should we all be outing these people mm. to to help other people who might go through the same yeah. thing? 100%, I mean? 100%. And I think people like, he's a very special case because he hides behind the grey areas of like, you were of age. He, he used to think, I can't groom you because you were 18. But you can groom anybody. And he said that? Yeah, yeah, he said that. Because, um, because in hindsight, you've said to him, you basically groomed me. Yeah, I used to say it to him. And, and, and that was another thing. Why I think you can me, groom someone of any age. Uh, exactly. Um, and, you know, manipulation, gaslighting, you can do that at any age. Um, and also the fact of like... Um, you know, these predators, you think, oh, you know, sexual assault, rape. He never raped me. Um, the sex was always consensual. But the way we would end up having sex sometimes, not all the time, was like... Uh, um, guilt tripping you know what I mean it was like if I wasn't in the mood then we'd have an argument then I'd be like alright okay let's have sex because I don't want to have, have a row and things like that so it's like you know yes we're having consensual sex but it's like I'm not really in it and you're it's like you're just like guilt tripping me into, into mm. doing it with you and things like that and it's all these grey areas I'm like you're still a predator though like you still got in my head and you know so, I mean thank God I've bounced back there was a time where I was like I'm mad I've gone mad and I'm never I'm never going to be better. I remember crying on the living room floor with my mum because I'll, I got um, pregnant during the time as well and I had to have an abortion, um, which he didn't support me through at all. And um, I was crying to my mum because it was a very traumatic time for me and it was something I really didn't want to do, but I, I had to do it. And it, I stand by my decision, but it, yeah, that really fucked me up. And I remember saying to her and crying to her, like, I'm never going to get better. Like, I'm, I'm going to always, I'm always going to be sad. And I'm I'm never gonna feel okay, you know what I mean? And it got to a stage where it was like had this geezer saying he loved me, but I'm like I feel so unloved 
So what what the what the, what mm. is what is this? You know. And how did he justify not supporting you through an abortion? He didn't. He didn't. He didn't. But it wasn't not supporting you as in he didn't want you to have an abortion. It was. Oh, he wanted me to have the abortion. Yeah, right. yeah. He was very pushy for that. But he just didn't. No, like on the day. Come with on, you and didn't and come with me. You, didn't yeah. ask anything about it. He sent me like one text on the day because um, it was just the most horrific fucking experience. So they give you like two pills. You go and you have the meat and then you have another pill and then you come back and it's just like the pain's horrendous. It's like giving birth. Basically, you have the contractions and then all the bleeding mm-hmm. and everything. And um, so I sent him a message like, oh yeah, I'm so in so much pain. Um, you know, I'm just at my mum's and um I think he was like he just messaged back like oh oh like poor baby or or some, something just super like casual Flippant, you know yeah, what I mean yeah. and I'm like like not even saying oh I'm gonna come around yours yeah, no, tonight you should be here of course like, you know what you I mean shouldn't have to, uh, you know, so you, yeah, yeah none of that I, and I, I remember I mean, I've still got the messages from back in the day where I was just like you're you're, you're just glad it's done innit like that's that's all you care about you're glad it's done like mm. you don't actually understand how this has affected me as a woman as as a young girl as as um as someone who wanted children, as you know what I mean, how it's affected my body, how it's affected my mental health, my mum, you know, it was very, mm. it was a very upsetting time for my mum, you know what I mean? Like, it was it was horrible. And, that's um, a, no, well, that's the perfect example of what you're talking about in terms of his total lack of empathy. Yeah, yeah, Clearly yeah. not able to put mm. himself in your shoes mm. and, and wonder how you're feeling and uh, be there. And then every time I would bring it up in an argument, you know, like, oh, you know, I was pregnant with your baby, it, it, he would, like, laugh and be like, oh, I can't believe you're bringing that up, you know what I mean? It's like... While he's bringing up the fact that he lent you some money at one point. Exactly, you know what I mean? And mm. just things like that. So, yeah, it was, I mean, I should have <clears throat> called it off then, really. But again, it was like, oh, this is just a, um, what's it called? Uh, uh, a bump in the road, yeah. it's fine. You know, what Monday, we'll, we'll have kids together, just the time isn't right, blah, blah, God. But, um, yeah, horrible. Sarah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, honestly, what a so, nightmare. But you've, but you seem really positive, like, now. Yeah, yeah. And do you find that talking about it helps and... And you feel like you're not only kind of helping, um, I don't know what the right way to put it is like, uh, it's helping to cleanse you in some way, but also potentially helping other people. Because I really do Mm. think people who hopefully will hear this Mm. will relate if they're in similar situations yeah and, and maybe even, even if it's that thing you said about sowing the seed you know mm. yeah I definitely think um because I was talking about it loads when we first broke up to the point where I was like oh I'm boring myself or people must be thinking oh this and this but it was so um nice to connect with people because they started to see the real me and the vulnerability and you know they had a deeper respect for me what I'd been through and I think because I'd just been oh no it's fine it's fine or like normalizing it I didn't actually realize like how fucked it was mm. and you know those really early stages of development you know 18 19 20 21 like and even now you know I feel like I'm dealing with it in, in the best way possible and that but like it really fucked me so um yeah it's been really really good to talk about it even now it's like I'll keep talking about it and also it's like you know because being a rapist is like a black and white issue and it's like you know obviously that needs to be discussed and highlighted but things like this I don't think it's dis- discussed enough about the manipulation the he's left me with lifelong effects and I think that's the reason when he's you know screwing at me about you know oh you're saying this you're saying that I'm like fuck you and your fucking feelings mm. fuck your version of reality mm. you can go off and tell people whatever you like about me you've I know for a fact I've been in the therapy sessions you know what I mean I'm I'm going to speak about morality because my reality because this is my healing mm. and people like that will just and the way he has done 
and continues to do so, just repeats the behavior, repeats it because he just gets away with it. Yeah. And you're just ruining so many women's lives. And it's not fair. It's not right. You know what I mean? So, of course, but it's a hard one for me to um, have action against because, like I said, if, you know, I could have action against him with the police about harassment but in terms of like because they said did he rape you did he do no, this is he? Areas, and, yeah. and you know what I mean and I'm like but just because it's a grey area doesn't mean that um, it's okay no. so yeah I think talking about it and, and um, highlight um, making people aware of red because some people don't even know what a red flag is um, just making people aware of red flags just in relationships as they're moving forward I think it's super important and a lot of women I was speaking to someone last night like she slept with this guy and then he started being horrible to her and this and this and like I'm like but that's abuse as well you know what I mean you you can't accept this behavior and and you know she's like yeah but I didn't want to say anything because like I just want to like be cool I don't, and and I think females always get this especially if male friends or they don't want to cause a scene because they don't want to they don't want to come across as a psycho mm. they don't want to come across as intense or like moany or aggy like I'm like cool I'm like the chill cool girlfriend like I don't care like it's fine but actually, no, you know, make your boundaries super clear. Mm. Um, tell somebody that's not acceptable the way you've touched me, the way you're speaking to me. Um, and also have some fucking respect. If we've been intimate together and the next day you're talking to me like a prick, like who, who do you think you are? And, um, you know, it ties into all the toxic masculinity stuff as mm. well. Um, yeah, I just, I don't, I think it's brushed under the carpet because women don't want to be perceived as that. You know? Yeah, no, um, I completely agree. And I think, you know, the last 90 seconds or two minutes are uh, perfect for people to listen to if they have any doubts of the mm. kind of things that they've got themselves in. In general, intuition, I think going back to that, is a hugely Definitely. important thing. And in general, there aren't many examples in life, I would say. I mean, sweeping generalization alert, but there aren't many examples in life where if you feel like you've got good intuition, and most people do, and you feel like your intuition is being doubted or you're being told that your instinct is wrong, mm. a lot of the time you're probably not wrong. Exactly. Um, and just have the confidence to talk about it, you know. Yeah. You know, if, if if you're in a relationship with someone and they you can't communicate openly about things, then again, that's a red flag. You know what I mean? Because if they cared about you, they'd listen to you and they'd change yeah. behaviour. Because people make mistakes, humans, you know, yeah. men men make mistakes totally. all the time. But as long as you bring it up in a, in a controlled way and you can move forward, then great, you know what I mean? But it's, these, it's like he did. I would try and bring it up with him and to be shut down. It's like, well... You don't want to change, and what are you hiding? You know. No. So. I'm pleased you got out of it in the end. So thank you so much for coming on the show and talking thank about you. it. Thank you. Sorry, really it's been a bit depressing. <laughs> no, no, it hasn't. It's so it's absolutely perfect, actually. And guys, thank you so much uh, for listening at home. Now, Sarah, as she mentioned, uh, she's a musician, she's a comedian, she's a poet. Where can the audience go to find your stuff? So you can find me on Instagram at scallahan1, the number one. And um, yeah, all my I've got loads of videos of comedy bits and poetry stuff. I've also got um, two EPs out at the moment, which are available on Apple Music, Spotify, all that. And they're all just really, it's like lo-fi jazz sort of vibes and really like empowering pieces, um, positive affirmations. So yeah, I think uh, good summer vibes. Brilliant. Guys, definitely check out her stuff. That's scallahan1 on Instagram. Yep. And you can find everything from there. Uh, once again, guys, thank Thanks for listening. Uh, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, either as yourself or I'm more than happy for people to come on under a pseudonym, uh, please do email crazystupidlovepod at gmail.com. Also use that address to send in anything you'd like discussed on the show. That's crazystupidlovepod at gmail.com and give us a follow on Instagram at crazystupidlovepod. Uh, please do press that subscribe button, rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts and check out my other podcast, It's Your Funeral and Almost Famous. Links are in the description box below. Thank you so much for listening and we'll speak to you next time. Bye. <laughs>